Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Tatiana Pajes, who is Chief Executive Officer of Green Card Creative. Today we will discuss a contemporary approach to the American Latino market. Tatiana is also Chief Creative Officer of Green Card Creative, a New York City branding, strategy, and design firm. She combines her love of design, art, branding, and social responsibility and sustainability to create targeted campaigns and brand insights for companies in the food and beverage, beauty, science, fashion, social, cultural, and personal care industries. In 2007, she coined the term American Latino Market to define Hispanic stereotypes and uncover their rapidly changing behaviors and rituals. Through in-depth research, she has examined human behavior and key consumer insights to help build global brand movements. She has worked with Smirnoff Ice, PepsiCo Ocean Spray, Heineken, Diageo, Petit Nectars, Gala Winery, Johnson & Johnson, Bayer, Frito-Lay, Campbell's, and the country of Ecuador, among others. Tatiana, welcome. Thank you, Elena. This is a topic... I'm guessing that it's creating a lot of controversy because, of course, there are so many points of view, and perhaps as many points of view as there are Latinos or Hispanics or American Latinos in the United States. Let's get started, if you would, with a basic definition. When you say American Latino consumers, who are you referring to specifically? In other words, what size market are you referring to, and are you referring to the U.S. specifically? Yes. Well, when we are referring about the American Latino market, we are referring to the U.S., Latinos who live in the U.S., and we are referring to all of the Latinos who live in the U.S., like 50 million people. So we're not referring to second generation or first generation because we believe this is a group that um, shares this whole mindset of being both American Latinos, even if they just came to the U.S. So we are, uh, what we are trying to uh, unveil with the term is the fact that people who left their countries to come to America, they were already a little bit in the American mindset. They wanted values from America. They wanted to challenge their own lives and their only truth that they had. They were looking for new values for them and for their children, not only economic but also intellectual. Additional to that, we, we say American Latinos both because it's a mix of Latino values and American values. So American values and Latino values not only from the culture where they come from, and this is where we believe there is a, 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 another set of values, but also among Latino cultures that you, that you share here. Because in Latin America, the countries are separated, and you are very Peruvian, very Brazilian, very Dominican, very Mexican. But when you come here, you start also to like and share values from other uh, cultures. So in, if you see... Uh, uh, of all the inter, uh, international marriages, like internationality marriages, plus um, people who are not only married from, with Americans, but also with other Latinos, which is like 
12 million people, um, you will see that they start to share with other Latino cultures. So we, we, we talk about American Latino as a, a, a multi-layer person that not only wants American values, her own country of origin values, but also the other Latino countries' values. So that's why we also call them cultural citizens rather than Hispanic. Is the definition external or internal? What I mean by that is there's been a lot of controversy in the past as to what constitutes a Latino or a Hispanic person because, of course, it's an ethnicity, not a race. So many of the experts have said that it's a term that is self-defined. Someone considers him or herself Latino or Hispanic, etc., how do you define American Latino? Is it an external definition or is it an internal? Is it someone who says, I am? Yes. So basically through the years, since 2006, working in, in very different industries, as, as you said in your introduction, working with many brands and categories from healthcare to banking to cars to alcoholic drinks, contraception, beauty, fashion, technology, you start to have a whole 360 eye view of this individual. So from the quantitative side, but also qualitative research, and we did almost, we've done 400 interviews across the U.S., uh, taking into account these different uh, statistics about country of origin, uh, biculturalism, Spanish at home, how many times, how long they've been in the U.S., um, if they were born here or not born here, to cover all the statistics that we need. So it really matches the, the secondary data um, uh, statistics and the population. Um, through the years, what we were looking for uh, uh, was to address this by addressing these people from a global uh, as a global individual they were able to tell you that they were 50% american and 50% latinos so that's how the american latino came people in the research and how they were defining themselves they say, you know, I, I'm, I am american but i am latino and in in the way I think maybe the category wasn't listening to that because it's, it was obvious. And it's, it, I don't think this is um, an invention on my own and, and, and on, because oh, I heard more people than any other or just because uh, nobody has seen it. But everybody was talking about it was just not coined as a term, I think. Because if you talk to to, to people who live in the U.S. that come from Latin American cultures, they will tell you they are American Latinos. They will say, in these cases, I have American values. In these cases, I have my Latin values. I'm not ready to, to negotiate on these. But they always talking about these both worlds, which um, have made them who they are today and how they couldn't go back to their countries because they are already very different and more American in many ways, and they like that about themselves. So this is, I think, answering to your question, an internal term in the sense that we didn't come up with it to be creative. We heard people telling us, 
I am I am Cuban, I am Mexican, I came from there, but I am part American and part Latino. And it's like a 50-50 in the Latino party. I'm sharing values with Mexicans, with Colombians. So we really uh, heard people saying this. I think that the fact that Hispanics is, is so ingrained in all of us still, you know, still I'm fighting to change this to American Latinos because people, it's easier for marketers to segment when they hear American Latinos versus Hispanics. It's a more opening. The, the, or my clients say, well, now I feel like I can do a more segmentation models listening to this that you're telling me instead of countries of origin or demographics. Um, but still you're caught with the Hispanic mindset and term and narrative because this is what we've been listening all the time and it's not necessarily wrong, it's just maybe one side of the picture. Um, so that's kind of where I'm, I think it came from. Where do people who are highly acculturated fall in this under this umbrella, in some situations in the past, I have heard of individuals who are so acculturated, so in the mainstream that they don't consider themselves Latinos. One of the examples to me that has always illustrated the point was somebody that I know who said, I have two children. And this person is Latino, but his wife is non-Latino, she's an American, and they have two children, and one of the children considers himself or herself American, non-Latino, and the other one considers himself American, Latino. So how do people who are highly acculturated fall when you say American, Latino? Do you include them under the umbrella, or do they need to include themselves? Yeah. Well, you know, Elena, there is always rebels to the cause, correct? So, of course, there is people that I'm, I'm not American, I'm Latino. Of course, there's people I am very American, I'm not Latino, I was born here, I don't even speak Spanish. So we, we have those kind of people. But most research, the, the pure Hispanic research, uh, I follow very closely Felipe, Felipe Corseni from FSF, FSU, the Florida University, who's done reports since I met him in 2006 and this changing um, um, mindset, iconoculture, the census, you, Hispanics NPR, which I'm, I'm, I'm always following, Mintel reports, Yankelovich. If you read a New York Times articles, Edney Fat, Simmons, if you read into this, um, the, the, this is a, a, a highly 80 to 90 percent of the Latino population will define themselves as American Latinos in the sense of mindset, how they move between these, these two, if you want, uh, multicultures, uh, two cultures, but the Latino multicultural part. Um, the, the, the fact that we have to consider in this is the evolving, the transformational, and this is not a static. So I had my daughter to, to, to kind of follow your example. She came to the U.S. when she was eight. She's 17 now. And as we arrived to the U.S. for three years, she didn't want to speak Spanish with me. She didn't want to say she was a Latina or Hispanic because uh, my husband has an American passport. And she got the American passport too. And 
she was for three or four years renegating about it until finally she came back and said, now I'm proud to be Latina and I feel good uh, uh, to be Hispanic. She was even asked, uh, questioning my idea about the, the, the American Latino, how people feel that they are American Latino. She was like, why are you not saying Hispanic? Because now I feel pride. So what we have to consider is that this is not static. So you might feel today you are only American and probably tomorrow maybe you go back to your roots and feel more proud or you start to reconnecting. Because remember also American culture is connecting a little bit more with Latin culture. There is a lot of inspired, Latin-inspired products. Even Americans don't want to be only Americans anymore. So the, the influence is 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 bidirectional, if you will. The other phenomenon I was looking was at, do you know it's almost 200,000 kids adopted from Latin America in the U.S., 200,000 more or less. These families who have adopted Latino kids that are American families with this ethnography with them, and um, probably we're talking about 18 to 25 people, they said they feel more Latino just because their kid came from Latin America. So these are American people who suddenly opposed to a Latino person, they feel intrigued or connected to cultures. They told me, I, my kid is only two years old and we're going to eat to Mexican restaurants. The baby has not even asked me to take her to a Mexican restaurant. But we feel that because she comes from there, we are connected. So what I mean by these examples, Elena, is that this is it's like transitional and it's not static. But yes, you're right. There is a group of people that they probably feel only American, even if they have some Latino roots, which I think happens also um, with other cultures. So there is the extreme and the rebels, if you want, um, or people who really I feel very, very, very much American. And the also important part into this is where do they feel more American? Because you can be very American when you are at work, but suddenly in your personal life with your friends or with your relationship and with your husband or with your mom, you become more Latina. So you never 100% one thing. And I talk about American Latinos, but... This also moves. One day you're more 80% American, maybe the other day you're 80% Latina. So this is what I think we bring to the table with this research and continuously talking to people and looking how they are changing because people change through time. We all do. And identity is also something we change and the way you connect to different cultures. Let's go back to the concept that you're proposing, if you will, uh, sort of the big picture idea. You've come after years of research and looking at data from all angles, qualitative and quantitative data, if I understand correctly, to the conclusion that the terms that are have been in use until now to define this market segment of 50 million in the United States that those terms are antiquated and no longer reflect the changing dynamics that affect this population. How would you define each of those terms? What is a Latino in the U.S.? What is a Hispanic in the U.S.? And what is an American Latino? 
Um, we uh, we think that um, what what we discover is basically that um, we we feel it's it's not they are wrong, and we also feel um, uh, somebody was asking me is American Latino the 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 the, the truth the final truth, and I say no, we are moving into the right direction by taking that market narrative to American Latinos. But if there might be another term, which is not Hispanic, it's not American Latino, but it's a new term, then we've done our job too. Uh, so um, based on, on, on what we learned from, um, from the research that I was telling you and all these years of analyzing uh, from both um, uh, anthropological, ethnographic um, uh, perspectives, um, Hispanic, we think, is more of the stigma people feel that is um, not legitimate citizens. It's, a, it's a, like you said, a, a description that is more um, a, about where you come from or race, a, a, which is also not necessarily true because in Hispanic you have race. They are white Hispanic, black Hispanic, uh, the, the, the Chinese uh, Hispanics, uh, both in um, Cuba and, and Brazil, Japanese Hispanic. So there is a, a lot of different races. But um, it's not originated also from within, like you say, internal. It's, it's a term that the government invented to describe these people. But um, it carried uh, this ethnic uh, culture uh, and the origin. Um, and we feel it's not inclusive or uh, it doesn't talk about this diverse um, background people have or intellectual minds. The Latinos, we think um, the people describe themselves as Latinos. Of course, they come from Latin America, um, uh, the Latin culture. Uh, but as you become a citizen of the U.S. or you live in the U.S., so as, as you come to the U.S. either a, a few days ago, or you, you've been here for a long time, uh, uh, start to also be unidimensional and myopic because people are telling us, I am American too. We are Americans. We, we like these values. We are moving uh, this internal immigration, uh, this internal migration you have from the coast of the south to the, to the, to the um, suburbs in the U.S., to, to places that are not like just the coast where people arrive. In all our ethnographies, people are saying, well, we're moving internally in the U.S., not only because we're looking for jobs, but we also want our kids to be in a more American neighborhood. We feel we are living in this um, 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 Latin neighborhood, and we're missing out the American part of it, that we came here to tell our kids the language, the values, the ethics, the rigorosity, the, the, the hard work, and even the, the, the American dream. So the Latino part of it doesn't redefine all this that people are telling us. And, and that you can see in all, even uh, the new books, Felipe Corsini just came out uh, with his new book, and even the, if you look at the census already, is talking about that. The New York Times has an article how people don't define themselves as Hispanics, and sometimes they don't define themselves as Latino. So it's ambivalence. It means from Latin America, but it doesn't mean 
a cultural tie to the U.S., which there is. It feels monolingual. If you're Latino, probably you, do you speak English? Do you not speak English? And, and probably um, you do speak English. And, and it still feels an outsider uh, in the U.S. So what is the, the term that we throw um, based on what people are telling us, but also what is happening uh, um, from all the other sources is that they are both American and Latinos. And we go, uh, if you are Latin American, you are from Latin America and you have probably this uh, Latin culture. But if you are in America and, and you mostly came here for the values American offers, for the access American offers, for the language, for looking for other truths that only the one you know, the American has to be part of it. American culture has to be part of it. And that's why we say American Latinos, because we believe that what they're saying is they are American, but also, of course, they are Latinos from their origin. And these are not people that completely are going to become Americans because they are carrying this Latino culture. So this is part of the American Latinos. Additional to that, as a company, Green Card Creative has a social responsibility platform, which is the American Latinos, um, uh, and we feel also the the, the 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 purpose of recognizing America role in the life of these people and American values and defend the values and defend the language, because. Not only these people have told us that they want them, but because they live in America and we live in America, we should defend them. So I think there is the two sides of the American Latino, what people have told us and what we've read about in, in all the readers to date, but also our social responsibility is we live in America, we all want values from America. We need to defend these values. So that's why we also think we need to integrate American into the description of the Latinos who live in the U.S. Where does Hispanic come into the equation? How is Hispanic different from Latino or from American Latino? I think Hispanic um, doesn't tell the whole story in one shot. Um, and probably American Latino at least tells a little bit more of the story or the mindset. I think today they say mindset is the next uh, the next um, demographic. So what is the mindset of these people? American Latinos, not Hispanics, not Latinos only, American Latinos. Now, there are moments where they feel more Latinos and there are moments when they feel more Americans, depending on the product, on the time of their lives, on the moment, the category, the brand, um, but I, we, we, was, we are just looking for ways to tell a bit more of the whole story. And we think Hispanics tells, doesn't tell the story completely. It's just a little bit on the past, in the past, and it's not really talking about this bicultural, multicultural consumer. It has, doesn't have this, you know, when you talk about American Latinos, it's even more technological, sounds even more technological 
also rather than Hispanic. And the, the, uh, based on all the research uh, we have, and you know this better than me, technology is the number one thing in the Latino market. So these people are technological citizens, and we believe Hispanic is, is, is not telling the story anymore. That's all. It was okay for a time, but it's not telling the story of today and the future. And um, that's how we see it. We don't see it. Oh, it's, it's, it's the wrong thing, but it's, it's not the, the term that is telling the whole story. And in a contemporary way, and in a contemporary time. For many people, and this varies, of course, from parts, from one part of the country to the other and from one individual to the other, as we've been discussing. But for many people, the term Latino has been undesirable because, as you mentioned earlier, it's had a negative connotation. Many people have seen it. Certainly many uninformed people have seen the term Latino as defining a sub class or subgroup of individuals who are not fluent in English, who are not necessarily legal residents, mm -hmm. who are not very well educated, who are not making a good income. And so many people find the term Latino to be distasteful. Have you encountered this in your research? And if so, how do you get away from that stigma when you're definition American Latinos includes the word Latino. Yeah. See, so you're right. Um, the, the term Hispanic and Latinos carry all, as, as, as we talked a little bit earlier, carries all the stigma and that they are, you know, this group of people uh, uh, with all the stereotypes that I said usually more than stereotypes, it's true that they come from the lower ends of society, that they have less education than an American citizen, that probably their income is less. So we don't like to use the Latino only because still we believe, and from what we heard from people, doesn't define them. Once you 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 connected with American Latino, the both, um, of course, some people say, is this another term you're talking about? So what at the end, what is the term that we need to use? And of course, there 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 is some controversy about it too. And, um, you know, I was just reading this article about rejection is a way to progress. So it's okay if we co encounter controversy. But the fact is that uh, uh, the majority of people feel identified with the American Latinos term, as at least in what we have from experience in the past and what we are reading today in articles about uh, American Latinos, uh, both in academia where in, in, and both in um, secondary data, and in, in, in especially uh, the new Latinos, the, 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 the young generation, if you will, and I, I, I don't call them second generation or not, but the people who are born here, they feel even more American Latinos because uh, this is the future, like we're telling the story of who they will be. Um, so what we are trying to say with American Latinos also, or to show, is this that you just asked me. So Hispanics and Latinos carry all this uh, stigma and, and, and controversy about they are not Latinos anymore either. What we are trying also to unveil is the fact that independently of the this demographic and this stigma that, yes, maybe they are a, a people who came from the lower end of, of society. No, 
what we're trying to do with the approach to them is the fact that when you talk to them as American Latinos, they you can see the impact independently of if they finish high school, if they speak more Spanish, independently how how long they've been here. The the impact America has on their minds because the access America can give people in education, in the arts, they already intellectually have moved very fast. And we believe that American Latinos, that's the way to even talk about the people who, uh, uh, you know, can, can, be, uh, uh, can, can be part of this, uh, we, call, we don't call them stereotypes, that demographics, that they are true. Maybe they didn't finish college, but they have an American mind in a lot of things they are doing. So that narrative, uh, once... Um, uh, people are used to listening to Hispanic, and people sometimes people like the Latino. But when you talk to tell them about American Latinos, uh, the, the new people coming around that we uh, interview, they they feel comfortable, at least most of the time. Um, so we feel, uh, you know, it's at least telling a little bit more about who these people are. Tell us a little bit more about that, if you would, Tatiana. You yes. have spent many years doing research for your clients, some of which has led you to these conclusions. You've relied, you were telling me earlier, on Mintel data, Pew data, Synovate, the census, and your own studies. Would you help us understand what these studies have been and what the data has been and, and what do your big-picture conclusions have been? Yes. Let me tell you how this all started, right? Because it has to start with something, something telling you, oh, you can look at this in a different way. So I remember the day, which I, I have it in my website, the day I got my green card. And I opened the envelope and started to cry. And I didn't know why I was crying. I, I, I went to college in this country, uh, you know, uh, in, 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 in um, 81, 1981 to 85. I went to college here in, in Illinois. I came here many times to the U.S. I was living in New York already two years. Um, uh, my husband has an American passport. Uh, you know, we we come in and out before coming to the U.S. in 2005. We came in and out many times. But when I opened that envelope and I saw that green card, and my tears just were flowing and flowing. What? Why is this happening? What? What? What am I feeling? And I felt the 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 thing that is the American culture or America is telling you: you are approved. You can be who you are and go after what you want, we'll back you up, and you are recognized as a person who has an opportunity here. And what that did to me was trigger the fact that, wow, you know, I, I, I'm not a Hispanic or Latina. There is a reason why I'm feeling I need the America to tell me I deserve to be here and I have a chance and they will open the doors if I work hard. So maybe that means that American values were already part of me, and that's why I left my country, because why didn't I stay there? So what I always talk about is no matter the, where in society you came from, you can come on an airplane, you can come under the wire, you can come on a bus, on a train, the mindset is the same. People looking for other truths. 
So that was the time when I felt I have to go after this and I have to see if this is something that everybody's feeling. So because I'm a, I come from planning and consumer research, I decided it is 2006, I was uh, uh, going to do all this research, but in every research I had from the clients I used to work in and other companies, I felt the obligation to start the conversation before talking about Hispanics. So I make sure that in every time we went to an interview, and this, uh, I'm telling you since 2006, going to LA, going to Chicago, going to Houston, going to Miami, New York, North Carolina, talking to Mexicans, to Colombians, to Dominicans, to Chileans, the Brazilians, um, different ages, different professions, people who, truck drivers, to lawyers, to um, a, a teachers, there's a, a, a accountants, a, a guy who owns a, 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 some people who own a, a, a car a mechanic shop, a, a, a people who a, finish high school when they were already 25 years old, so they can go after a career. A, plus all all the all the data, I was making sure always in this process. Uh, to start the conversation without uh, uh, putting them in the Hispanic mindset. So we start the questionnaire even as they were anybody from any country around the world. So we didn't want to frame them into, do you speak Spanish, do you speak English, nothing like that. It was just, this is anyone around the world, so let's start the conversation as a mother or as a vodka consumer or as a, let's say, target a, a buyer or as a tequila drinker rather than a Hispanic tequila drinker. This is the approach kind of that started to give, to permeate that people talk beyond the Hispanic mindset. Because if, 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 if you approach me as a, mad, as a mom or as a Hispanic mom, I'm going to tell you different stories or I'm going to tell you my mindset as a Hispanic mom or as an American Latina mom is very different than as a mom in general. So if you talk to people as a, in, in a bigger picture, they will tell you the story from a bigger place until you come down. Okay, so you told me about what is to be a mom. You told me what is to be a mom in America. Now tell me about being a Latina mom. So you come down to the, to the core and then to realize if they are different. Um, so that is the process we took in all the research through the years, and as I told you a little bit before, in different categories, because we saw it's important to know this woman as a mom, as a professional, what about the bank she uses, what about the car she owns, what about the drinks she drinks in the bars, what about the food she cooks, what about the fashion brands she wears, and where are the dynamics about being more American or more Latina and, and being both. Um, so mostly, um, uh, to answer your question about this research through the years, um, uh, through all these cities in the U.S. and uh, uh, across categories, uh, we were always, um, and we still are addressing people as citizens. And then you come to understand 
when they become more Latino or more American, the connection to a specific brand you want. But we don't go to the Hispanic mindset right away or the Latino mindset because that's that's what has led us cross this uh, surface of nationalism, country of origin, and tradition. What role, if any, would you say things like segmentation by country of origin or language preference or second-generation American Latino or any of those methods of dividing the market so that it's easier to approach because 50 million is a lot, it's a very large market. Which of these or other ways do you use to approach the market? Well, the, the, the thing, Elena, is that the, the strange thing, let's say, is that when you work in general market, which I been working here too. I not only this this round in New York. I work in general market, but also I I come from Leo Burnett working in Chicago for many years for PNG um, in in general market and Latino market. Um, you the segmentation when you talk about general market or globally is about mindset. It's about let's talk about let's talk to people 21 to 29 who drink malt beverage. We don't say let's talk to uh, uh, people who come from Ireland or people who come from uh, um, England or people who come from Italy. You talk across the line to a certain segment of the market that is either using a brand or is a rejector of that brand or that category. So the segmentation is more about usage and mindset and people who are, you know, contemporary and want to be technology savvy and that they want brands that show they are on the edge of things and the age that you determine certain age and probably um, um, the use or, or are they heavy users, are they low users, um, uh, medium users. So there are all these other factors that you take into the criteria rather than country or origin because I think for marketers in America, you want to find the commonalities or the common insight across these people in a certain category of usage and age and, and mindset that is an insight that is a, a, a potential insight that you can, a, a, an actionable insight that you can turn into a strategy for a brand. That's why we also approach them on these terms um, because we are using the same way the segmentation works around the world and, and, and the more sophisticated methods work, which are not about where you come from, but what are your uh, behavior, what's your behavior in that category between those brands at a specific moment in time or between what age you are, or if you are single moms or you are married mom, you have uh, kids for certain age, or you are in the after graduate from college. So all these other variables that combine demographics with um, uh, psychographics, which is what we're talking about being the American Latino, is a psychographic term, it's a mindset term, it's a term that you move between culture. So even if we are 50 million people, um, American Latinos in the U.S., there are other factors uh, to 
segment. The, one of the cases that I'm, I'm remembering now that you asked me this, Elena, is the Smirnoff Ice case. We interviewed almost 40 people between 21 and 29 years old, both uh, born in the U.S., not born in the U.S., from many different cultures, uh, origins, I'm sorry, uh, Mexicans, you know, 60% Mexicans following the statistics, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, and uh, it, some of them came two years ago. They don't speak English very well. Some others have been here a long time. And the common thing they have between them was the fact that we address them as American Latinos help us find the role of I play in the life of these people versus beer, versus Latin beer, Corona or whatever, and versus American beer like Budweiser. So Smirnoff I had a special place in the life of these people as they connected to their friends at this time in America versus beer that connected them with family in America but with their Latin family. So they say, I drink beer with my dad because he's from Mexico, but when I'm with my friends in this new life I'm living or my new self as we call them, it's about the Smirnoff Ice, because Smirnoff Ice is an American brand that has flavors that are kind of Latin-inspired, but it's a, a, a brand I'm drinking in my life in America. So I think that's how we segmented the market, but we went after them as malt beverage kids from 21 to 29, some rejectors, some uh, heavy drinkers. That was the criteria, and we were able to find the, the role of the brand. Now, that's very interesting. Now, at the same time, you're specifically addressing American Latinos when you were reaching out, American Latinos within that segment, right? I'm sorry? When you were asking them about their consumption, which brands they preferred, in which setting, you were specifically addressing a a group of American Latinos only. Is that right? Ah, well, I mean the, the description of them as we're talking American Latinos, but we didn't, we didn't recruit them on those terms, if, if that's your question. We recruit them on the terms of a, a, a 21 to 29 malt beverages that had um, a, a Latin origin. Of course, the clients want that, but not talking, saying, are you an American Latino? No. If, if that was your question, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. You talked about American Latinos being hybrid individuals and being multi-layered. Would you tell us what you mean a little bit in, in greater detail? Yes. Um, so the hybrid term, which is kind of very interesting, uh, it comes from uh, anthropological terms, but also is being used, uh, you know, with cars and in different terms. But it, it, there was, um, there been uh, some uh, anthropological research in, in then uh, how it's actionable into marketing and how it's actionable into sociology and understanding cultures. Um, and I follow a lot of this uh, Mexican um, academic called Nestor Garcia Canclini, who feels that the term, uh, and, and from the research he's done, uh, the, the term hybrid meaning is a contemporary term to describe people that across 
race and origin are um, uh, analyzed based not only on, 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 on those variables that are the basic variables. Um, um, so when people mix in race and mix in origin, but also how the contemporary world is mixing also between social class. So you can be a very um, um, high-end um, millionaire and you probably you can have married somebody who you met in one trip to Mexico and she was uh, maybe uh, somebody not of your same means. And we see that all the time. So how these people move, not only between race, combination of race and origin, but social class, culture, somebody who marries, somebody who's in music versus probably you uh, didn't finish college or was an accountant, how you are exposed to all those variables in a contemporary society, uh, between class, between religions. So the hybrid is also, you come from Latin America, very Catholic um, a culture to to America where this variety of religions and probably you still Catholic in some terms but you still also being exposed of the other religions who have things that are also good that you take and make you a Catholic but with certain brushes of different cultures so you're taking into account how we live today how the public schools where Lat American Latinos go are mixed of races, classes, um, um, religions, um, origins, um, uh, different uh, variables that make them hybrid because they are exposed not like back into Latin America in a neighborhood or a little place or where you are, you know, only uh, poor people or rich people or only Catholics, but here, even in, in, in schools, the kids uh, since little are exposed to all these different layers of society, which that's another reason why people live here from Latin America, come here, because everybody can be the same. So um, basically, hybrid is that. People expose not only to to, to different races and, and um, origins, but also social classes, culture, different religions, uh, possibilities. And, and what is the difference between multi-layered and hybrid? No, hybrid and multi-layer. Um, uh, multi-layer is, is another way to describe hybrid. Multi-layer because. It's many aspects you have to see. So somebody is, like we were talking before, are you more American in this situation with this brand at this moment in time? Are you more Latino with this brand, with this uh, uh, product at this moment in time? So multi-layer means it's not so, first, not static, and second, it's not flat. There are many layers to it because you are exposed to many things. And sometimes people don't even know how much they've changed until you ask them. And this is where multi-layers come. Like when you get to go inside and, and talk to them about different things and different uh, 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 layers that they are exposed here from culture, from religion, they start to say, ah, you know what, now that you ask me, yes, uh, this is a case study, for example, we did for Gallo wines. Uh, the secondary data said nobody's drinking, Latinos don't drink wine. The data says, there's no business opportunity. They drink tequila, beer, and, um, and rum, and all this. So we went in to do the research, 
And as we went to the research, if we have gone with the Hispanic mindset right away, we would probably have um, um, reinforced the fact that they don't drink wine because they like tequila. And they like, because we went in asking them in their life as cultural citizens and what they did, not as Latinos specifically, they started to tell us about what they drink. And the whole thing was coming out was tequila, beer, American beer, Latino beer, brands, eh, rums, the vodka. Eh, now in America, they start to drink vodka. Eh, it's uh, also a, a, an aspirational product, um, and it fits with the new sales. But wine is not coming in. Wine is not coming in. Then we open the, the refrigerator, and there is wine. But then they had a wine, let's say, a little bit in the freezer. Eh, and so what about wine? Ah, they say, well, you know, now that you ask me, we drink wine with the co-workers, the American co-workers. We drink wine when we go out with women. Uh, and, 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 you know, sometimes they say when we came uh, from work to wind down and, and relax, we are drinking wine. And why you didn't tell, this, tell us this at the beginning? Because they are not even aware so much of how much they are changing. And you're doing things, experimenting, trying new things, and unless you are open to discover that. If you're not open, then probably we would have stayed in the surface. So I think Galloway's is a, a, a great way of, uh, well, uh, they, they also said we're not drinking wine like they tell us. I'm experimenting. They are going to trade their show, buying like 2.99 wine, putting ice. So they, they developing their palate because they know this is something from the contemporary world and they should be trying. Uh, so I think that means the multi-layer. That kind of reflects a little bit the multi-layer individual, which is kind of an adjective for the hybrid. Tatiana, what suggestions would you share with our listeners who want to gain a better understanding of this market segment? How can they approach the market with a better understanding of these concepts that you've shared with us today to be sensitive to these issues, this multi-layered and this hybrid and this American-Latino individual. What, what three tips would you share with our listeners that they can take back to their office, to their projects, and implement? Yes, I think one of my first... Um uh, advice or suggestions more more than advice is we are very much into um, respecting brand values and because we respect brand values uh, uh, and we respect the hybrid individuals and the more uh, multi-layer uh, identity of American Latinos we are able to find an insight that will click with the values of the brand. So mostly we've seen before is that because you're talking to the Hispanic mindset, you have to adapt a brand to the Hispanic mindset. Brands that had global strategies, when they talk to the Hispanic market, they had to change their values. Uh, these we are very respectful. We believe brands should stand for whatever they, their, their brand essence is across the world, but you need to find the insights that relate to them at a certain moment in time with your target, in this case, the American Latinos. Uh, 
So to to be able to 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 respect brand values and correlate that, I think uh, the suggestion is to be open and to to follow these individuals uh, in your research, um, uh, let's say um, project or in your uh, marketing projects, but taking into account that um, this is a not a static individual. It's an individual that is always in a transition, searching for being part of the new ways of being part of the U.S., how brands um, uh, are part of the transition and where they fit in this moment and where they fit, is this more American, is this more Latino? So I think my my suggestion, which is the, 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 the core of all this conversation about American Latinos, is that if you are able to respect this multilayer identity and not put the Hispanic mindset right there on the table, you will find an insight that connects to the values of your brand as they they should be and and, and um we have some more case studies about that, but I think my my suggestion is that mainly uh, uh, really read be not between the lines I would say beyond the lines um more into the a more complex life they have in transition rather than just you know a, 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 what is the Hispanic and their traditions uh, are at the moment. Is there a resource where they can go and get more insights about these concepts that we've been discussing? I know you have a website for American Latinos, right? Yes, we have a, an American Latino Initiative.org website, which uh, very good you are, you asked me that right now, Elena, because this website uh, is going to be a source of inspiration. This website has been since 2007 when we uh, came up with the American Latino, being like um, a how you say a documentation of all green card efforts to change minds and the narrative of the market. So, but we've done it. Usually, people do it at grassroots or the the the, the movement in the masses. But we thought we will start from the top down. We will talk to corporations, to marketers, to influencers, to the media, because we felt we needed to touch those minds to, that are the minds who have the money for the marketing, who have the influence in the media, and who could change, help us change the narrative through the communications campaigns and ideas. And now we are at the moment with the American Latino Initiative and we're just launching the, um, our Let's Rise History Together, which is people now can go into AmericanLatinoInitiative.org and post their own story to make part of the timeline. So today you will have now the masses through social uh, networks uh, that we're doing as a tool. So you can log in through Facebook, Today you can log into Facebook. We're building the Twitter and the Google and all the other ways to 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 log in. But you can write the history with us. So you are going to be telling us your stereotype experiences, how to write the obituary of the stereotype. What did you do? If you as a company support this initiative, you can write it and post it, and you will be part of the timeline. It, it, so now we're going to kind of let 
people's voice talk to the marketers, the companies, and the media back. So now is the time where we're connecting the bottom and the the top and the bottom, let's say, into one timeline. So you can get insights through that. A, a Green Card Creative website has some insights about processes we do. And um, a, there is um, a, a lot of – now we see the evidence of a lot of more sources talking about um, a, the American Latinos. And, and the American Latino Initiative has all the – timeline, all the presentations we've done, how we uh, talk about this segment. Uh, and now you're going to be able to see, and, and we're trying to see if people will also be part of uh, being interviewed by people like you, Elena, to tell their story. Um, so also that could be part of what you are asking me for tips and um, ways of um, getting to know more about this approach and also our greencardcreative.com website um, which has some cases that could be interesting for for businesses. Thank you, Tatiana, for joining us from New York City. Thank you, Elena, so much. Uh, it's great to be part of Hispanic NPR. Thank you for the interview. Thank, Thank you all. You. Thank you. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Tatiana Pajes, who is Chief Executive Officer of Green Card Creative, who discussed a contemporary approach to the American Latino market. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at hispanicmpr.com.